0: Hi, Lale here. Before we start this week, we wanted to let you know that this was recorded on October 28th, ahead of the US's November 3rd election, which is why there's no mention of it in the episode. And now I'll hand it over to Meredith.
1: Hey. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Women Who Travel, a podcast from Connie Nast Traveller. I'm Meredith Carey, and with me, as always, is my co host, Baleira Koglu. Hello. This week we're here to answer your questions in our final FAQ episode of the year. So thank you to everyone who submitted their questions on Instagram. Joining us to help dole out some advice are Travelers Associate Editor Megan Spirell, hi, and Articles Director Stephanie Wu,
0: hi guys. God, last FAQ episode of the year. What a sentence.
1: Especially when, you know, we have not been moving in the same way we have been in the past.
0: And yet I will say so much to talk about when it comes to travel and so much that we'll tackle in this episode. There's never been more questions around travel. Truly, and we'll kick things off with a question that came in from Jordan Meyer, who says, my family seems to have forgotten that we are in a pandemic when it comes to planning holiday travel. Do you have any advice? Um, Jordan is definitely not the first person I think to have come into this issue this year even just in terms of friends that I know, um, who have faced similar dilemmas and difficult conversations. Um, so much so that Megan, I kind of want to turn the question to you first, because you tackled this a bit in a advice column from over the summer about summer travel that I think can apply to a lot of what people are going through right now.
2: Yeah. I, I actually was just laughing when we, I saw this cause it feels like so many people are dealing with this. And it also feels like if you can't talk to your family about your comfort zones right now, and what is okay, like, who can you talk to? It's such a dilemma. And um, Jordan, you are definitely not alone. But I think, you know, when we did that advice column, it was really talking about how to have these conversations with your family. So I think, you know, I, the first question is, like, is everyone even comfortable with the trip? And I think that in the early stage of planning before, you know, group text thread gets carried away with looking at Airbnbs, like everyone should get on a call or a FaceTime or a Zoom and like actually talk about what the goal is, what you're comfortable with, and also what you're really not okay with. And like, I know that that is easier said than done. And there's a lot of feelings to be mindful of, but I just think the biggest thing is like being super, super honest and like prodding everyone else in your family to be honest with how they feel. And then going from there and like, I think a reality is that maybe not everyone will join. Like it is possible to have a family trip where maybe it's just a few people go, or maybe you come up with, you know, a different type of trip that's smaller, closer to home, but um, feels safer. So I think it just, you know, family travel looks a lot different this year.
3: Yeah. And I think so many of these conversations will apply whether or not you're, you know, taking a trip somewhere, even if you're just simply getting together and having people who don't usually live in the same neighborhood, town, city, state, kind of joined together into one bubble. You have to have all of these conversations. And remember that because you haven't seen maybe many of your family members on a daily basis, their kind of reality of living in a pandemic is going to be very different, probably, from your reality of living in a pandemic. So I think the initial call that Megan suggested is a great idea just simply to get a feel for what everyone's been doing. And And maybe everybody's idea of what social distancing means is different and what everybody's idea of a travel bubble means is different. And so that's like the very first level set to get everyone comfortable with even getting together over, you know, in the same house or over the same table
0: this holiday season. You know, and I think that point of honesty is such an important one. And, you know, sometimes I think no one wants to be that person to say they're not comfortable with something. And that means that just no one speaks up. And I think there's a chance that there are other family members who may also not be feeling comfortable with whatever your current travel plans are. It might feel hard to be the one that kind of breaks the seal and says, and you say you don't want to do something, but I almost suspect
2: other people will follow your lead. And even when you think everyone's on the same page, even when you get on this trip, for example, like constantly asking about the ground rules, like are we hugging? Are we like touching at all. Are we truly like going to have our masks on even when we're in the car from point A to point B? Like all those little things that it can feel excessive to talk about, like have to be talked about because other people are probably wondering. And like it just winging it as you go ends up being so much more uncomfortable, especially when you realize that you don't all have the same idea of like even what quarantine means, you know? And I think just those conversations, you have to be really upfront.
1: And when you're talking about, you know, seeing people who are outside of your bubble and potentially being indoors with them, especially when it comes to family travel, I think like getting on those ground rules is so important. I talked to a emergency physician and public health professor at GW, Leanna Wen, earlier this week, and she suggested quarantining for two weeks ahead of your trip and then getting tested at the end of the quarantine so that you all feel comfortable being indoors together, potentially without masks, Um, and doing that ahead of your trip and making sure that what you define quarantine as, whether that's going to the grocery store once a week and limiting your contact with other friends or family members that you would usually see outdoors during that time, not going to restaurants, just make sure that all of those ground rules are set so that everyone coming is under the same expectations for what everyone's done before they've arrived.
0: I think what you said about setting expectations is really important because, you know, just hearing you describe quarantine, it sounds really different from how I've heard other people describe their quarantines. And I think because there aren't necessarily clear guidelines about what that actually entails, people are kind of having to make it up as they go along. And I think if you are self quarantining as a preventative or a precautionary measure, then talking to everyone else involved about what they're planning to do is so important, because the last thing you want to do is, you know, all meet up wherever you're planning to go. And you spent two weeks not leaving your apartment apart from one trip to the grocery store. And then you found out that one person just thought it meant not going to restaurants.
3: I think that if everybody in your family agrees that seeing each other is the number one priority over the holiday season and that is kind of regardless of where you go and how long you're there for, if, if being together is the ultimate goal, then everybody should be on board to make sacrifices, um, big or small, in order to just kind of get to the point where everybody is comfortable.
1: So this kind of goes along with that, but maybe is for the people who decide not to travel to see family this year. But at Miss Punctual on Instagram asked us, is holiday travel even going to happen this year? I have all of this PTO left. And I feel like that is going to be something that so many people uh, feel very deeply having all of those vacation days that they might usually use around the holidays to see family and friends potentially going to waste. So what... Maybe non holiday travel related advice do you have for her as far as using her PTO in these last 2 months of the year. Well, you know, taking if any for anyone who has
0: listened to at least a fraction of our podcast episodes, then you've probably heard us harp on about how important it is to take all of your PTO days and again, we have both said this multiple times, but by not taking your PTO days, you're leaving money on the table. So if you want to essentially be paid in full, in your full salary, you need to take those days off to have actually been compensated for the amount of time you're working. So take them, even if you're not doing any holiday travel and you, you, you think, OK, but like, what on earth am I going to do with these days grounded in the city that I, or town or wherever you are that you've been sort of stuck in for the past eight, nine months? Um, still take those days, especially because you need to take care of yourself and you need to have a break from work. And, you know, I think another thing that can be really off putting is when you sort of stir down the barrel of a week, week's worth of days off in quarantine with nothing to do. And you kind of think it's pointless. But again, there's lots to do. And I'm just going to tease that in a couple of days time, we actually will have an episode coming up that's fully dedicated to what to do with your PTO days when you're not going anywhere.
3: Yeah, I think that um, we have to, and this is really hard for me personally too, we have to take apart the idea of holiday travel and PTO, right? Especially this year, I've spent so many of my vacation days just honestly lying on my couch and it's felt great because I've been unplugged while everybody else is busy and I can just like fully have my own time. As opposed to on a weekend when you do have people being like, hey, want to jump on a Zoom happy hour or want to do this during the day or or meet for an outdoor meal. So I can't stress enough how great it's been just to take days off, whether it's in the middle of the week or whether it's a Monday or a Friday and take that time for yourself and really just like find something else to do. Um, I've got a friend who actually took the week off of um, her entire birthday and she honestly, like this is really productive and not something I would ever do, but she, she set like vacation goals for herself. So she really wanted to learn something new. So she started listening to a podcast about a specific skill and, you know, she hadn't taken dance classes in a while. So she, you know, went out and did that. And she lives in Hong Kong, somewhere where you can actually go out and see the world, which makes did it a little- easier. <laughs>
1: um,
3: so it makes it a little easier, but I love the idea of, you know, mini- Vacation goals, as long as it doesn't stress you out. You know, there are things we can do that have nothing to do with work and and just bring our mindset somewhere totally else that like feels refreshing, even if you haven't been able to take a trip. Um, so that's my PTO suggestion. But in terms of actually, is is holiday travel advisable this year? You know, we've been talking a lot about how holiday travel can happen at any time. Um, I'm thinking about what holiday travel might mean in, in February around Lunar New Year, for instance, or or honestly, just like a random week in January or a random week in November. So I think we can all consider the holiday season to have started now and any trip between now and March can be considered holiday travel. And
0: then you go right into spring break. I think one thing that I always struggle with is that I feel like I need to do something with my days. And that is both my weekends and the days I take off if I'm not actually traveling somewhere. And I end up getting so anxious about the fact that I'm not filling it with anything, I then don't enjoy it. And I think after this year, especially, we all just need to rest. We all just need some time to decompress and also just not look at screens. So again, if you just want to stay in bed all day, if you want to sleep a whole day, go do that. That sounds
1: great. I love it. As far as getting outside, though, Alexis Madison asked, "How are you judging when and how you can travel outside of your local comfort zone?" You know, we talked about summer travel being about defining your comfort zone, and I think people have a hopefully a better handle on what they're up for and what they're not. What advice do you guys have on getting out there once you've say? those boundaries for yourself?
3: Um, I've really been trying to just take, you know, very close by road trips when I can, just to actually remember that even though I live in a big city, there's so much within an hour's drive that essentially looks nothing like the four walls of my apartment or what I can see from the outside of my window. And so that's been my kind of like MO in terms of getting out there and figuring out what my comfort zone is, especially as we see cases rising again in certain parts of the country, you're, you have to be more careful than ever when it does come to crossing state borders as arbitrary as it might be. But what I've been thinking about more and more is just, you know, it's not just the trip itself that you have to adjust to your comfort level. It's what you do before, as we talked about, you know, if you're, if you're increasing your bubble, you may want to be more cautious um, before your trip. And of course, what you do afterward, you know, if you live alone, it might be no problem at all to quarantine for 14 days when you get home. But if you have a family or if you need to be available to somebody in the case of an emergency, that two week period where you can't you know, be out and about in the world may suddenly feel a lot more difficult. So, you know, as we kind of adjust to this new situation, my best recommendation is just like think beyond the trip itself you have to think about the before, the during, the after, and and whether all of that is still squarely within your comfort zone. And of course, the fact that your comfort zone can absolutely change, might even change in the middle of a trip if you are on a plane and somebody starts you know, coughing near you. So that's just something that like flexibility is key. And if you don't have that flexibility, it's something to kind of bake
0: into your plans early on. And I think to that point of flexibility, you know, when you're looking at case numbers, um, don't just look at where you're traveling to, look at where you are as well. Weigh up whether it's actually responsible for you if cases are rising where you live to travel to somewhere that may be in a slightly better situation at that current time and whether it feels responsible to, you know, travel from wherever you are into that community. And it might just mean having to postpone your trip or adapt it and choose somewhere that's closer to where you're living. I mean, I think we can all agree that, you know, pretty much anywhere outside of our immediate neighborhood feels exciting right now. So, you know, don't feel like you need for the satisfaction of travel to go that far.
1: And I think I would lean on like local news channels and and looking at local, more small scale, websites and stuff like that to find out that information so that you're actually getting it from people who hopefully live there and can give a better sense of what's going on so you have an understanding when you go in. Moving on, and we talked a little bit about
0: our finances in a recent episode, um, which makes me excited to answer Angela Heaney's question, which is, should we be using the money we had saved for international travel for domestic travel now? I have thoughts, um, but I'd love to hear what Megan and Steph have to say first.
2: I mean, that's a very personal question, right? It's like do you do you want to do smaller trips now so you can just do something if you're comfortable with it and like have breaks? I mean I I have been blown away by how big of a mental health benefit I get from even day or one night trips right now, uh, even to places I had never heard of before, like a random state park that's close by. So I think if you're itching to have a change of scenery, like definitely take advantage of some of that money and get out and kind of take care of yourself, see something new. But I also think, you know, it, if you have some bucket list trip, something you really want to accomplish in the next year and you're saving for it, like I wouldn't, you know, throw all your travel goals out the window because it's something that's happening this year. Like, even though it feels like this pandemic is dragging on for 12 lifetimes, it will have to end eventually. And you know, you don't want to spend the whole pot of money you've saved to get your diving certification in Bali um, this year and then not be able to do that when travel opens up again. So I think it's it's quite personal.
3: And yeah, I have to say that, honestly, like saving more money than usual this year and, and seeing the number in my bank account actually grow has been one of the silver linings for sure of being grounded. Um, and I would say, you know, of course, as Megan said, there will always be trips that you want to take. And They will always be there. So my recommendation is to set aside the money that you think you'll want for trips that you're taking early next year, knowing that trips later in the year, you'll have plenty of time to save up for those. And then take what's left over and and figure out how you can support the industry in other ways, whether it's shorter domestic trips in places that you feel comfortable or even making donations to your favorite restaurants or prepaying for future trips at hotels that you love and know you want to return to. Um, and then just on the note of kind of putting aside that money for next year, there's no reason why you can't invest it now and actually also make that money work for you a little bit while you are waiting to take that big trip again. I just signed up for a service called Elvest, and I haven't really played around with it, but essentially it's an online banking app that allows you to invest as much money as you want, whether it's a one-time investment or recurring amounts taken out of your paycheck. And and what I liked about it in my early research is that it's really dedicated to um, women's financial goals and specifically around kind of like the way that women's financial goals may be different from men's. And I liked that kind of personalness of, of what it would do for me. And if you choose to put your money toward like more sustainable causes or, or companies that are very eco-conscious, like that's the thing you could choose. And I like the idea of even parking my money in there, if, if just for six months and having it grow a little bit so that it's doing more than just literally sitting in my bank account, which has been for the previous six months.
2: For some people, like you've lost your job or that you've had to use that money for other things because of the pandemic. And I think if that is the case, the one silver lining I can offer is that like flights are incredibly affordable right now and probably will be for a while. And I think if you've had to use your like pot of money for something that you didn't plan on, like I think when travel slowly starts opening up, smaller trips will be more accessible than they've been in the past. And so I think that's something to also look forward to.
0: And I think to that point of have it, setting those goals for an international trip, I think, you know, On the scale of things obviously having to set your sights a little more local isn't the greatest worry or loss in the world but also it can feel disheartening if travel is something that you feel really passionate about and is a big part of your life or if you want it to be a big part of your life and you haven't had the chance to do that yet and so i think don't feel like you can't plan for international travel just Plan really far ahead, you know, set a goal for the end of 2021 or even 2022, which I'm sure will somehow frighteningly be here before we know it. You know, trip planning is fun. And so, you know, as you're saving, think about how you want to really make that trip into something special. And perhaps if you have more time to save now, rather than going for a week or 10 days, you think I'm going to save up and make this a two week, a three week trip, or I'm going to go for a month because I'm traveling that far already. And, you know, set your sights bigger because you have time to save towards those goals.
1: So speaking of international countries, I know that of the few that have been open to Americans, a lot of them are closing back down again as they hit their second wave. And the ones that are still open are requiring isolation periods, which is what the next question from Anna Siren Wilt is about. Any ideas on how to do country entry quarantine. I don't even know what like the proper like phrases for that. Um, but quarantining on arrival, how do you do it? Well,
3: um, yeah, I'll start just because I've been thinking a lot about this. In a in about a month, I'm heading home to Taiwan, which is one of the countries that has handled COVID incredibly well. You know, restaurants are open, bars are open. <laughs> Just about everything is open now because um, they've been so strict with entry. And I think the one big caveat, of course, is that every country's quarantine rules are different. Some require you to kind of take a government mandated form of transportation directly to a hotel and stay there until you get your test results. Others are more in flux. But um, in Taiwan specifically, everybody entering the country has to quarantine for 14 days. And they can do so at home, but only if their home has a bedroom and a bathroom reserved for the person in quarantine, and nobody under the age of six or over the age of 65. So those are super specific rules, and I'm lucky enough that um, my household fits all of those requirements. And so I will be spending 14 days essentially locked in my childhood bedroom, which It's not that big. It was built for a teenager. (laughs) Um, So I've done a lot of thinking about how I'm going to spend those 14 days because I may be bored out of my mind. Um, I don't know if, if you can actually say there's a way to do it well, but there's certainly a way to not feel intimidated by 14 days in isolation. So as Lolly hinted to earlier, I'm planning to work during that time and save my PTO for when I'm out of the quarantine and can actually enjoy my family and, and spend time with them. I'm setting up a workout schedule for myself just because I don't know what else I would do You know, in a, in a small, tiny space. I'm saving up some TV shows that I know will be very bingeable um, during that time. I'm going to make sure my Kindle is loaded with books that I can read. And then I'm planning to just sleep a lot <laughs> because again, like in passing the time, I think planning it out is definitely my strategy and having some balance of like sleeping, working, entertainment time will be really great. And also like I'm trying to frame it in my mind as like true alone time that I will never, ever, ever have again. If you think about 14 days in total isolation without my husband, without my family, just me and food
2: delivery on a daily basis. Every food delivery is going to taste so good when you have something coming to your door.
0: Honestly, like not having to cook. I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) And you're going to be home. So you're going to get to order from all the places that you miss the rest of the year, which is a perk. I am also trying to navigate what a potential quarantine upon entry in the UK could look like um, if I manage to go home anytime soon. The UK doesn't have quite so defined requirements beyond you have to quarantine for 14 days and there is a very hefty fine if they find out that you don't. But the issue for me is that my parents' house only has one bathroom. And so quarantining in a way that I feel is responsible and doesn't put my parents at risk feels tricky. So to me, and that's something I have not found a solution for yet, I know that there are you know, certain travelers who look, are looking into, you know, apartment rentals. I think there are certain hotels that are providing um, room deals for 14-day quarantines. So, you know, I think there are options for people to explore, but I think you really have to do, especially if you're visiting friends or family, you have to do something that feels, again, responsible um, in terms of both your own safety and for the people you'll be quarantining with um, once you get
2: there. So, okay, Lolly, I had this idea this morning that I woke up with that I thought was genius, which is probably not revolutionary, but I was thinking for all the people in your situation, what if you did like a holiday-esque swap with someone who has an apartment in London who maybe is like a friend of a friend who won't be there. You can use their apartment to quarantine. Maybe they're going to be in New York. I don't know. I just think so many people are trying to get home and have apartments where they can be totally alone. There might be something there, you know? If she's listening, look me up. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever has an apartment in London, that they can offer up for two weeks and wants an apartment in New York. Shout
1: um, before we move to the next question, I just want any listener who feels strongly about this to let us know if they think Lale is a Kate Winslet or a Cameron Diaz. Um, <laughs> just, just update us.
0: Very okay. intrigued.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, last question, ending on a high note, um, or I guess a positive note, a forward-looking note, since this has been a lot of, um, you know, more immediate planning answers. Leah Castillo asked, how do you pick a place to travel when you have the whole world to choose from? And I'm just going to say, right now we don't, but in a world where we did, what would you guys say as the answer to that question?
0: First, I want to tweak that phrasing if we're going to be on a positive note and say, in a world where we do again, because that time will come. (laughs) Yes. Actually, the time that I found this the hardest was actually when I was choosing somewhere to go for my honeymoon because it really did feel like you could go anywhere in the world. And that process of elimination was very interesting. And I think it can actually be applied to any opportunity to travel internationally and anywhere in the world, which is, you know, think about really basic things like what you look for on a trip, what you enjoy, you know, even stuff like, do you like hot weather? Do you like cold weather? You know, what's going to make you comfortable? And what, what, how are you actually going to enjoy yourself? Because You might think that it's going to be amazing to go to Machu Picchu, but then you might get there and realize that you hate hiking and that you've always hated hiking. Um, So I really would start, you know, make a list about what you like out of travel and what you don't and, you know, things you want to experience for the first time and take it from there. I think if you figure out what you don't want to do, it's going to be a lot
2: easier to then figure out what you do. I also think getting a visual of a place does so much for making me want to go there. And I think like during this time in which I'm watching and reading and consuming so much more content than ever before in my life, I feel like it takes just a movie set in a a different place, different country, doesn't even matter where, to, like, start to get this idea in my head that, like, germinates and makes me think, like, wow, what would it be like for me to be in that place? What would, like, what are the things I would see? And I found myself, you know, watching a movie, one movie that's set in India. Next thing I know, I'm watching all the food shows that have ever been filmed there. And I think... Going down those rabbit holes has been fun because I'm like, wow, I always knew I wanted to go to India. I had no idea which parts of the country I was interested in, which things exactly I wanted to see. And now I have these visuals where I'm like, wow, I like want to see myself there and want to do that. And I think it's made this time of, you know, being at home, like, feel like I've gotten to really dig into ideas and like get inspired and kind of let travel inspiration come to me. And then you see the things that really resonate. And I've, I've enjoyed that a lot.
3: Um, This is going to be a shameless plug, but everybody on this podcast um, helps put together travelers' um, best places to go in, in a given year list. And I really do use those to plan my own personal trips just because I like being inspired by a germ of an idea and then using that to develop my own itinerary. So I've talked about this probably even on this podcast but the destination I was planning to go to this year was Slovenia largely because it you know has gorgeous mountains and nature um, and is like very road trippable and within driving distance of several other European countries but the little peg that I loved was that it was getting its own Michelin guide and so I wanted to kind of go and and go to as many restaurants as I could before You know, it was impossible to get a a reservation anywhere. And so sometimes it just takes a thing as little as that for me to be like, this feels doable and accessible and I can plan an entire trip around it. And so I love to use our lists in that way, even if there may not be enough there to say like, okay, on day one you do this and on day two you do that. It sparks kind of what, in, in the same way that like photos or a TV show might do that for Megan, it sparks for me like, a visual of what could be essentially.
1: I think the thing that I have recently used the most is bookmarking things on Instagram. Um, I have a folder that just says travel and a lot of times when I'll be, and I have another one that says New York and I have a clothes one, I have like all sorts of them. But whenever I have a free day or I'm looking at what trips I might want to take next year, I go back into that folder and think, huh, what's the thing that right now of all of these pictures seems like the most interesting or exciting to me? And then I start there and kind of go down a rabbit hole. And then maybe that doesn't work out, but I have a whole folder of ideas to constantly pull from that always gets added to so that I literally may never run out of ideas of places I want to go. But it's just kind of like a pin the tail on the donkey kind of game for me of the things that I have already decided that I would be excited about.
0: And I think in terms of pin the tail on the donkey, you know, don't feel afraid to think big. And maybe, you know, you do throw the pin on somewhere that is the other side of the world. Because I think, you know, after this, I think a lot of us are going to have the urge to go very, very far away and experience things that feel very, very different from you know, our lives and what is familiar to us right now. And, you know, back to that conversation earlier about saving for international travel and kind of doing that bucket list trip. Like, I think, you know, now's the time to start thinking about what that is. And, you know, don't be phased if you think it's crazy that you want to go and, you know, spend, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use Bali as as an example, like Megan did, just because it seems really far away, but to go and Get Paddy certified and go to Bali for two months like this, you know, I feel like this is, this is the time to actually set those goals and get excited about it because you need the time to plan
1: Also if you need Bali and spell, just follow Malin who was on the podcast um a couple months ago because she's still there and it looks so nice. It looks very different from my life, <laughs> so much surfing, <laughs> very envious. That feels like a perfect place to wrap this up. If people want to follow you all on Instagram, where can they find you, Megan?
2: I'm at Spirelli. And Steph?
1: I'm at By Steph Wu. And Lale? You can find me at Lale Hannah. You can find me at Oh Hey There Mare. Be sure to follow Women Who Travel on Instagram at Women Who Travel and subscribe to our newsletter. You should also be sure to subscribe to this podcast because Lolly and I will be taking a break very soon. And we want you to be fully informed when we come back in 2021. So be sure to subscribe so that we pop up in your feed when that happens. Thank you so much. Continue to send us your questions and we'll talk to you next week.